can I ask a question? I don't know if we're going to be able to use this or not, but this is a sincere question. People, people who autoerotic asphyxiate, do they go to hell because they technically committed suicide? Uh, or do they get a pass because it wasn't their yeah, intention? I don't think it would be a suicide if oh. it wasn't I'm going to ask a priest, but it, they still did well, it. Okay, but then are they like, no, he was <laughs> doing icky stuff. <laughs> no, I need a priest now. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Think you're looking good. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. I've fallen in the pool before. Nobody accused me of not doing it. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? This month, our theme is Monster Mash. Movies about monsters, obviously. Like, come on. It's the spooky season. We gotta get some monsters up in here. Last week, I cursed us all with the vision that was Morbius. That's right. It was Morbin time. And, like, honestly, I've just been growing more mad about it over the last week. Reflecting <laughs> about that movie. I've been growing more mad about it. All right. So. Oh, God. No, we got to move on from. I'm up all we night. We got to move on from Morbin time before it permanently affects <laughs> our speech patterns. So. It's in. Closing out the month. What did we watch this week? Much like Blade, this is a film I've watched in a basement over 60 <laughs> times. From 2005, Constantine yep. with Keanu fucking Reeves. Oh, he looks like a baby. I know he's like probably 40 or something <laughs> in it, but he still looks like a baby. Casey, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Um, so, unfortunately, um, you've been going through some some troubled times lately. You've, you've gotten yourself committed. Uh, I, I'd like to say that this wasn't in... I'd like to say that this wasn't the result of an internet argument you got into, but I mean, disappointed, but right. not shocked. Like we all knew this was coming one day or another. Yeah. So you've decided that uh, you're going to, you're going to try and cool off, change your head. You're going to go for a quick dip in the pool, uh, at, which is shockingly just open to you. I don't know why really shouldn't be because at the same time that this is going on, there is an exorcism of uh, the son of Satan being performed in that same pool. Ugh doulas they're always in your face about it you know most people would turn around maybe take a dip another time but hey it's a public pool you know you're right so you're gonna hop in there <laughs> first of all i know my rights yeah fuck your birth plan <laughs> in the 10 seconds before you cannonball right next to this demonic doula and draw their attention to you sell us on this movie Bram Stoker's Neo finds another ablutophiliac that's also into witchy shit. Also, this is why I'm into forearm tattoos, Mom. Sorry. Seven seconds. <sighs> this was a roller coaster for me to watch because I love it so much, and I know it's in my blind spot, but I fucking love this movie. I, I counted eight seconds, but a, you know, a solid two and a half of them were personal admission, so, you know. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, no, that's part of my pitch. I'm going to make it weird in the elevator for this exec. <laughs> Here's a little something about me. You know what, Case, considering the damage that the film Tank Girl has done to me personally, like, I understand. Let's go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. Somehow, the spear that was used to kill Jesus, the Spear of Destiny, ended up in Mexico. It is, of course... Pangea, baby. <laughs> Pangea. <laughs> Pangea. Pangea wrapped in a Nazi right. flag. That that checks out. So it is, of course, discovered, which signals some other weird shit going on, like demons are trying to pop onto the earth. And that worries occultist John Constantine. I suppose demons and magic spears are a good distraction because he's got terminal lung cancer. We saw his x-rays. Terminal does not feel like a severe enough word for him. I know, right? Ultra lung cancer? <laughs> <laughs> It's more cancer than lung at this point. Yeah, it looks like it. He's too wet inside, <laughs> so 
You know how sometimes we have that segment of how wet inside is someone? He's too he wet. He has the uber mensch of cancer in his fucking <laughs> I, that I didn't. Pri- it's been a while since I watched this movie. And when he's at the doctor's office and they put the x-rays up, I literally went, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have a degree, Christ. but I know that's really bad. <laughs> it's not supposed to look like that. Constantine knows that he's bound to go to hell due to a prior suicide attempt, which, you know, he could get plenty of demon and occult shit there, right? Uh, John does meet with the angel Gabriel, who suggests that he be a tad less selfish. Um, but she does also tell him that he's going to hell regardless because of the suicide attempt. So, like, there's not much motivation here. Yeah, Dave, John's putting in a bunch of work. He's getting rid of a bunch of demons, right? And then you've got God just being peak capitalist. He doesn't want to pay John for all his work. John should seize the means of salvation. Or right. Constantine's putting <laughs> right. in nice be, guy coins and hoping fair, for a no free guy. Asked, <laughs> like, no one ever asked Constantine to do this. He's the guy running up to wash God's windshield. Across town, Detective Angela Dodson is investigating the death of her twin sister. Fuck it. Action film about demons. In spite of all the evidence, Angela refuses to believe her sister committed suicide, which is top-notch detective work because she has a video of her sister committing suicide. All right, well, just before Angela's sister moonwalks off the roof of the psychiatric hospital, she, on video, whispers, Constantine. And Angela uses that to find John, but he's not interested in helping, of course, because it's an action movie, until they end up getting mobbed by some demons in the street. And then... John just casually drops by hell and finds Angela's sister hanging out there. Littering. Littering. Yeah, you know. Littering. (laughs) Yeah, littering. She's littering. Come on. on. That's why you're there, honey. I mean, if there's one place you don't have to feel bad about littering. Angela finds a chapter from Hell's Bible, which details the rising of Mammon, son of Lucifer. Dumb name who is going to conquer Earth and walk around calling himself Jeff Bezos. Nope, sorry. Fan fiction, not (laughs) this. Now John and Angela are on the hunt, but John has to awaken Angela's latent psychic powers that she repressed. And that, of course, involves nearly fucking drowning her. Like, the, the best way to awaken powers is to die. Pretty much the only way in this universe, it seems. That's true. That's true. Anyway, once her powers are awakened, she uses them to track down uh, a demon, and that demon confesses to them where Mammon, the son of Lucifer, is going to be, and that she's uh, or that he's going to possess Angela and use the Spear of Destiny to take over the Earth. Really? No. You're not explaining it right. They're using the Spear of <laughs> Destiny to give her a fucking yeah. C-section. Yeah. And I am not okay with it. That was the worst part of the movie is her about to be stabbed in the stomach by Tilda Swinton. who Like made me feel all sorts of ways. And they're about to C-section a demon that is like pressing like Frightener style out of her stomach. Faces and hands through skin can just get the fuck out of my life forever. Yeah. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. We need to stop (laughs) that. The chatty Kathy demon is killed by an invisible force that abducts Angela. John wants none of it, though, so he electrocutes himself into having a vision because, you know, all psychic powers are just about being really close to dying, which allows him to locate Angela, but after she's been possessed. Yeah, she still needs to get poked with the spear to go full on baddie, right? Because bad folks get pokes. Well, it turns out the invisible force was actually Gabriel, who is about to trigger Mammon, the son of Satan. Uh, so John decides to peace out before that. He's like, I don't want to be a part of this shit. I slit my own wrists. No, he's not peacing out because throughout <laughs> the movie, everybody and their brother has told John that he is the one soul Lucifer will come up to earth to collect himself when he dies. So John offs himself. Lucifer shows up to collect and John goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. By the way, do you know what your kid's up to in the next room? Lucifer pauses time to head over, slaps his son back to hell, and roasts Gabriel's wings right the fuck off his body. He offers John a favor, which John decides to use uh, to get Angela's sister out of hell rather than give himself more time. Aww. Lucifer drags John off to hell, but John starts getting raised up to heaven for the sacrifice. 
But Lucifer decides, fuck all of that, pulls the cancer out of his lungs like he's yanking apples out of a tree. Lucifer is convinced that John's just going to fuck it up again. And I don't disagree. All right, can we talk about Lucifer? Absolutely, because he's a goddamn standout. Yeah, weird rockabilly Lucifer. Hot take. Peter Stormare is my favorite Lucifer in cinema. I think he's arguably the best. Uh, I think I have to agree with you on that one. I absolutely love his performance as Lucifer in this movie. It is. It's really, really creepy. It's unsettling. (laughs) Almost charming. Not quite charming. Almost. Yeah. For for Monster Mash, he is a a fucking awesome Lucifer monster. And he has uh, an off-white suit on, but he's barefoot and his fucking feet drip tar. And that combo is weirdly unsettling. Yes. That was Love all it. Peter Stormare, too. Uh, the yeah, original, I read that. The original costume was going to be some, like, BDSM shit with, like, a dog collar, no shirt, leather straps. And Peter Stormare was like, hey, better idea. Linen suit and bare feet dripping tar. Don't know where the fuck that came from, Peter, and I hope you're in therapy. But goddamn, does it sell. He had a powder blue <laughs> 70s suit with him. He was like, hey, this is from my first marriage. Kind of like a wreck the dress party, but for boys, like, fuck this tux. And you just do something gross to it. Do it, guys. His performance in this movie is fucking amazing. And, like, it, if you read anything about this movie, it's going to talk about Peter Stormare's Lucifer, which is pretty incredible considering he has, what, maybe, like, six minutes of screen time in this film? Right. Very little. All at the end. Yeah, does not appear until the very last scene. Basically just to wrap up the plot for everybody and just demolishes everyone else that he's on screen with. I also love it when Peter Stormare has to go get his son and there's glass doors in the way which he just fucking explodes, but they freeze in time. And so they're just floating in the air and he's walking through broken glass and it's fucking just... That's... Fuck you, Reservoir Dogs. That looks way cool. Dude, there were a lot of... (laughs) visual effects as well as just the way things were shot in this film that were so beautiful (laughs) and yeah i know it's a a keanu reeves loosely based upon comic book film but fuck you it's pretty and i love it the scene of isabel falling off of the building into the pool is so beautiful it is so beautiful and just perfectly shot so many, so many scenes like that, or like uh, yeah. introduction of the bowling yeah. alley below John's house where the creepy bug guy lives. Like, there's just a million great shots. And yes, this movie's corny, but there's parts of it that are really well made. I absolutely love Angela falling off of the roof, like because it's shot from inside of the pool, which also has a glass. Uh, you know, glass ceiling for whatever awesome reason to let light in, I guess. Um, but it's shaped like a cross and you see her jump off of a, what is that? Like a 20 story building. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, too damn tall. Right. Too damn tall and fall perfectly in, in that. Directly uh, in the center of the window on top in the middle of the pool. Yeah, it and it's just so symmetrical Practical and gorgeous. Effects, baby. Practical and effects. Thank you. The set design and the location scouting for this movie absolutely did a lot of heavy lifting for them. But yeah, there's some, sure. there, you, you absolutely have to call out how well they showed all of that off. Uh, specifically, I love the bowling alley underneath yeah. uh, John Constantine's apartment. I'm a little confused because the guy who lives there, when he shows up at John's apartment, it's implied that this is some like... It, it, it's kind of implied that like he stops by once a month or so, and then in right. twenty minutes later you find out. Wait, he lives in the basement. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to be nice and like maybe he only goes to the bazaar once a month to go get his his scissor and weird bugs, but yeah. maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Bit of an odd element, but anyways, I absolutely. There's several shots where they do these sort of like just long, slow dolly shots up and down the alley to his little desk behind all of the bowling 
uh, behind all of the lanes in the bowling alley, showing off the machinery in there and all of his weird occult drawings. And it just does a really good shot of setting a mood for both the character, the movie, the scene. It's so goddamn good. Also, the scene of when Mammon comes to, I believe, America and he jumps over the fence and there's some cattle and they all start dropping and dying and then decomposing. And it's really dark because it's as, you know, nightfall is happening. But if you're paying attention, you can see them like decaying and shit. And I just thought that was a good like... Hey, I, I absolutely love that because that's that's great visual storytelling. And they they exploited the fact that CGI in 2005 was solid, but not perfect by setting it as a dark scene. And also it's a wide shot. It's a real wide shot. So take note, Blade right, 2. They didn't have to focus <laughs> on the details a ton. And and you get a good effect like that. It it for a monster effect. Right. For our monster mash, it creeped me the fuck out. Yeah. Not to say that all the visual effects were great or, <laughs> you know, framed well for the time. Sure. This um, is right. cinema. Probably. Like the acting, there were some moments of, <laughs> oh, but not everything yeah. was. Every, You know, it knows what it is. Probably our most monstery monster of the week is the first full-fledged demon on Earth. It's a, a basically a horde of bugs and snakes and crabs and stuff that piles itself up like a person. Yeah, but it keeps the facade of a person with, like, a Inspector Gadget coat and hat. And I'm just like, is that necessary? You are just a, a writhing pile of bugs. Swarm of bugs. Is costume and, like, making sure your coat flutters correctly. Like, that is that bug's job is not to fight, but to know how a fabric would wear and how to emulate that. I mean, I feel worse for the snake whose job is to be eyebrows, you know? <laughs> Oh, I I mean, he's got an important job because if the eyebrows are like, "Mm," and you send that, no one's going to take you seriously. So I love the idea that not like that. This is a uh, single consciousness that's separated through all of these bugs, but that there's like a demon hiring out bugs to construct its body. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's just one bug job posting. it's a queen bee situation. There's just okay. one bug somewhere in there that's the actual demon, and he's just gotcha. Gotcha. he's just hiring out for all the other ones, like plankton. Okay, yeah. but yeah, uh, we we get a couple like sort of like not hero shots, but glory shots of the monster where it's leaning into camera, and you've got you know the face made up of all these bugs and spiders and everything, and it looks okay. Does it? I will say, I remember in 2005, it did not look bad at all. No. It hasn't no. aged super well, and they're, they're pretty quick shots, so yeah. the movie moves on from them par- fairly quickly. But yeah, there's... It, I think it that scene would have aged a lot better if they wouldn't have had the face shots and if it would have just been a faceless swarm of... Because the swarm of bugs is otherwise fine-ish. Like, when John's fighting it, it looks fine. Yeah, it looks fine, Um, which also I think is the real answer for why he had to be wearing a trench coat and Inspector Gadget getup, because that means that they could put someone in an Inspector Gadget getup instead of more CGI. Yeah, but again, I think you're right. I think if it wouldn't have had a face, that would have been more upsetting. Maybe just a mouth when it was like being like, hey, John, I'm here to poke you or throw you into a car. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been a lot scarier, but, you know. Or even just, like, if the creatures had arranged themselves into the rough shape of a face but have, like, holes where the eyes would be instead of, like, they actually found bugs that looked like eyes to put there. It was a You can always put someone in a morph suit. Just think about it before you pull the trigger, (laughs) you guys. Yeah, the bug demon was that there was a lot of insect stuff in this, which I didn't love, but also good you know good for a spooky movie because i mean few people are like man that's great but could we throw some more legs on it and i would be more attracted to it like koalas are cute but they'd be a lot better with six more legs you did love the ending of that demon though when it gets fucking killed oh my god i was so pissed off can you imagine if you're just driving and then you hit someone and you're like oh my god i'm going to prison this is the worst day of my life. Let me do this last line off the steering wheel. Oh, wait. Holy shit. It's bug. You motherfucker. <laughs> you it's, motherfucker. It's bugs arranged human wise. <laughs> right? 
I mean, but and it's it, not just bugs. It's bugs and snakes and snakes crabs. And crabs. I'm oh, actually, yeah, there's crabs. There's a crab in there somewhere. <laughs> What's the crabs associate? Why are we bringing because the crustaceans Because they're just sea spiders. They're spiders with armor on. I'm gagging. That's... I'm gagging. <laughs> that's, I'm all, that's all crabs are, is just spiders uh, uh, in playing, like, at a renaissance fair. That really, that seems really fucking gross. This that is propaganda. Yeah. Think of the smell. No. Oh. And now that's in your filter of your car. Oh my god! Yeah. 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 Oh, that's in there for a the while. Oh. Because I've known people that have like hit like raccoons and stuff like that, and if some parts get through, it's gonna not be great. It's smelling. basically the equivalent of like if you took a cross country road trip, but all the bugs waited till the very end. <laughs> but there was a wormhole, but you still experience that yeah. time in the wormhole. Just it happened instantly. No, just yes. whenever you make a particularly long drive, there's a wall of bugs at the end. You just have to slam your car through. That's <laughs> the collection you would have accumulated over the drive. Case, what did you think about John's weapon in that fight? The screech beetle. It's just a cicada. It's just in a, a box, cicada in a, a matchbox. Box. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we live we live in Michigan. It's fine. I, <laughs> the trees scream sometimes. Sometimes it's cicadas. Sometimes it's frogs. Apparently, our home is just naturally an irritant to demons. That's good to know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Even demons wouldn't live in this swamp. It's kind of like an I Frankenstein where you could just make like three scratches on anything and then whap a demon with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like did, we keep getting this thing of like, wow, demons are remarkably easy. Like, I, I apparently they're scared of my entire state just by accident. <laughs> that's great. They're more scared of you than you are of them. And that's what you need to remember when you're getting one out of your house. OK, let's talk about the possession in the very beginning oh, of the movie. Yes. Which just immediately sold me on this movie. Despite the fact that Shia LaBeouf is also in this scene briefly and exists visually. So John gets called to a house. He walks upstairs. It's a little girl who's looks possessed. She's looking real rough, baby. And she's all like, my teeth are gross. My eyes are nasty. We also see her on the wall and ceiling. like pulled Yeah, no, out. that's yeah, the first a... scene of her mom walking in. I'm like, no, her you lock the style. door. Yeah, she looks like a human spider. Yeah, She's yeah. just, like, up on the ceiling, like, <sighs> you close the door, you lock it, you terminate your lease, and you leave. <laughs> That's the next owner's problem. Now it's a house fixture, not a child. Trust me. <laughs> um, So he goes to do, a, you know, a ritual exorcism on this little girl, and it's not working, and the demon's, like, talking shit to him in Latin and everything, and they decide they need to get a three-foot mirror, Put it above her, pull the demon out through some weird peekaboo game seance that they're doing, and then yoink the mirror out of like a fourth story window onto the hood of a taxi. And the mirror fucking explodes. And as the mirror is falling in slow motion, you can see the demon like reaching out in slow motion and then just like exploding on the hood. It's so fucking good. It's so good. It does look great. You know what I absolutely love about that scene? And you're not going to expect this one. I love Shia LaBeouf's line afterwards about, like, <laughs> if you had told me you were going to throw a 300-pound mirror out the window, I'd have moved the car further. Yeah. Because there is a line in the middle of humanity between people who have had to move a mirror and people who haven't. <laughs> yeah. And the people who haven't think it's this little thing up on the wall. So I, li I really like that they included, like, we need to make sure people understand just how significant we, yeah. the chunk of shit we just dropped on this car is. Yeah. Throw in that it's yeah. 300 pounds. Yeah, that was my biggest fear is, like, having moved before and helping people move where I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. God, okay. Yeah, I, it's The only thing worse is a glass top of a, of a table. Where you're just raw dog in glass. You're just like, anything could go wrong right now. Right. All right, I have a question. Because during that scene, John tells everybody to close their eyes. And one of the guys takes a peek. And he immediately Ooh. starts aging. You see his hair all go white, right? 
Uh, and, and, and he starts itching terrified. like there's like bugs in his blood. Yeah, yeah, he's freaking out. So here's a question. Because he opens both eyes and gets a pretty generous peek. What if you just like winked one eye? Would like your pubes just go white? I think that also allows the the bug in the blood feeling. No. And so it kind of makes you open both eyes. No. I think if you give a mouse a cookie or if you let a guy take a peek at a demon, you can't stop. Kind of like when you're peeing. Yeah, you, you can't just side-eye oblivion. <laughs> yeah, it's... If you're looking at it, you're looking at it. I, I do love that trope, though. I don't know why I'm a sucker for the... It, you know, if you're unequipped to look at the evil that it it fucking just just gazing upon oh, it yeah. tears upon you, wears on your soul and body. Love that. It, one of my favorite elements of occult films in that Constantine uses to the absolute max is um, that if it's anything to do with the occult, we don't have to explain shit. And it doesn't yeah, have no. to be consistent. No. At no. some point, carrying nope. the Spear of Destiny around makes everything within like 100 yards drop dead. The rest of the time, it doesn't. I don't care. It looked cool when it made the cows die. Correct. And I don't need you to explain why it's not doing that later because it yep. wouldn't look cool now. Uh, one of the things I really enjoyed when they were kind of showing the like, oh, something spooky's about to happen when Rachel Weiss is still like doesn't remember that like, hey, I used to like be able to see weird shit too with my sister. She's at home. Her cell phone rings. And as soon as she picks it up, her house phone rings. And as soon as she picks it up, a fax machine rings. And as soon as she picks it up, like a beeper she had, you know, in an old purse rings. And then as soon as she picks that up, a Furby starts yelling. And just like There's all like of her electronics start. Oh, my God. That is a yeah. my personal hell. Like <laughs> my cell phone going off in a group chat. Like every group chat I'm in is muted because yeah. it stresses me the fuck out. That was the scariest part of the movie for me. Is that many people trying to get a hold of me at once, all wanting answers to questions? Maybe technically not a monster, but Monster Munch, but it's Monster Mash Month. Monster Munch. <laughs> monster Munch. But it's Monster Mash Month, and we can have a little uh, have a little talk about some of the supernatural creatures. So um, I, Tilda Swinton plays a version of Gabriel in this, and I just want to say that the first time I watched this, I was like, maybe I'm gay. Cause I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm like, is that a man? I don't know. I don't know who this is, but I'm attracted. Tilda Swinton, you opened the door for my Megan Rapinoe crush. So I mean, mm, yes, mm. very similar. She's fucking incredible. Uh, at the incredible. end of the movie, after she gets her wings stripped off of her and Constantine punches her, and you see her experiencing pain for the first time. She sells that so fucking perfectly yes. that it's really? just, it's legitimately one of the best shots I've ever seen. It looks so goddamn good. Her Gabriel is absolutely perfect. Yes. Because from the outside, she looks like an upright, righteous, ethereal being. But also you realize quickly, he's a dick. Gabriel's, Gabriel's a dick. A yeah, dick. He's and he's, he's a self-righteous asshole. And it's basically, it gives you, there is no good side, bad side. Everybody's a dick. And it establishes that very quickly. Gabriel doesn't give a fuck about humanity. Or doesn't give a fuck about humans. Particular humans, I should say. The, I he's Gabriel is a dick, but they do a fantastic job when they reveal that Gabriel is the villain of the film. It's not an, aha, he was a bad guy all along. Tilda Swinton still genuinely sells the motivation of the character yeah. to where it feels consistent yeah. all the way through. And it, it's not a sudden villainous turn that, like, humanity must be purged, blah, blah. It's a magneto. It still feels yeah. like she's going after the same goals. Yeah. I love the Magneto parallel. Case. Yeah, just like, no, no, no. I told you what I was going to do the whole time. You right. just really misinterpreted right, that. Right, I meant right. send everybody to hell. All of the demons and it, also their depiction of hell were a bit kind of eh for me. Like they didn't Wait, really what? have a distinct character design for me. Oh, man. Jay's going to box you and Roger Ebert. I will fight you and Robert Ebert on the depiction of hell. I thought it's Roger. Sure. I don't care which fucking Ebert. Maybe it's I'll not. Box all the Eberts. I'm gonna fucking fight his cousin, not the I, film reviewer, the Mason. Um, you're right. It is. So his brickwork is trash. I uh, let's be clear here. So the the depiction of hell in Hellraiser is 
essentially the same place on Earth, except as though an atomic bomb went off, and, and it is constantly up. always disintegrating. It is eternally, like, uh, dealing with the disintegration of the fallout of, of a nuclear bomb. And I think it's fucking perfect. It is my my favorite depiction of hell because it is it is genuinely a fucking hellscape and everything constantly disintegrating in a perpetual wind is really fucking uncomfortable see i didn't pick up that it was supposed to be disintegrating i just thought it was like basically a sandstorm all the time which no. like is bad yeah roger ebert hated this depiction of hell i think it's fucking awesome i oh. find it fucking terrifying and and horrible i wouldn't go so far as to say i hate it um I don't love it. I don't think it's, I definitely don't think it's the best I've ever seen. And especially in a movie that has Peter Stormare's representation of Lucifer, I would have liked to have seen what like his hellscape would have looked like. Like he's he, the way that he's put together. Like a fifties lounge. Right. It's a very rockabilly <laughs> vibe of like, kind of like he's the missing member of the band. Lit. Or even just show me more, show me another area. There, there's only a couple of times that anyone does go to hell and it's always just like a Mad Max movie with a red filter on it. It's basically escape from LA with less Kurt Russell. And no sharks <laughs> yeah. because it's dry. <laughs> Jay, do you want maybe a chance to walk back your statements from last week of, Shia LaBeouf being, quote, not that bad and really liking his character. Yep. Yep. I was real wrong. I was real wrong. I really, as soon as he opened his mouth and said his <laughs> first line, I was filled with a sense of regret I don't think I felt since I was a child. Yeah. I immediately thought of saying something positive about him and going, oh, no, I misremembered everything about this. I do not like his character in this movie. I don't all. either. No. What? So they try to make him too many things. Is he the little kid? Is he a hardened taxi driver in New York? Is he just like, ugh, they try to do too many things of like, yeah, you're just the brother from even Stevens <laughs> who now says a bad word. Like the character in the comics is a London cabbie. And so like that gives him some cool personality to work off of. In this, Sheila Buff is fucking himself, annoying, and I don't know, annoying. Who would you have rather seen in that role? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell might be really good for a Chaz character. Ooh, he would play off of Keanu Reeves' like stoic surfer very well. I be honest, if I could have my way, I would prefer. Let's just completely cut Chaz out of the movie. Or just have maybe one scene where we introduce him as John's friends. And, spoiler that, you know, you'll probably know because it'll be a while before this comes out. When Constantine 2 comes out, we give Chaz a much bigger part in that one. I, oh, I don't, yeah. I absolutely love the pacing of this movie. I think it is paced yes. incredibly right. well. And yeah. if we had a more comics accurate Chaz, it will fuck all of that up because it's another emotional storyline that we need to get in there somewhere. Whereas Shia LaBeouf's Chaz that we have in here, we can just pull him and it won't matter at all. So you think they made him unlikable on purpose so they wouldn't have I'm to incorporate him? I'm not giving them him? that credit, no. Mm, I, I am. I'm going to say whoever did casting helped really edit down that plot. No, because they you. want us They want us to, to empathize with um, Chaz and feel bad about his death because that's why young. there's that whole fucking after credit scene that we had to sit through. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I actually kind of like uh, his character's like sort of last two scenes. I think they're 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 fine. Um, and I had in my head, I swear I could have remembered some scene of him afterwards in like a cast or something of like, oh, let's go get him again, John. And then no, the after credit scene is Constantine standing over his grave. So I don't know where that came from. I just can't believe you almost could like trick yourself into thinking you liked him. That's why I was I very confused last week. And I, was like, I forgive you, though, because remember, I thought Blade 3 was not nearly as bad as it was. And you guys tried to warn me. I was like, no, no. Okay. I know that, that it's an occult movie and they don't give us rules. But I just want to point out that the, the underlying premise of this film is that God and Lucifer made uh, a, 
a bet about who could collect the most souls and made some rules and they have like this treaty that they can't break except who fucking forces that i mean there's no like cosmic judicial system to to adjudicate disputes the treaty's self-enforcing it's magic (laughs) oh fuck need i remind you occult shit occult shit all right damn damn well, I, uh, who enforces the devil's contracts? If you sign your soul over and he shows up to collect, do you think you get to say no? I it's just magic. assume that he also, had like, power. This whole occult thing is very much like going to an underground hipster speakeasy show. It is a band that has not existed before this, but if anybody asks a question, they are thrown out because they're not fucking cool. So, mm. like, mm. it's that. Just don't ask questions. I guess that's fair. I'm a trash can for occult style movies. I love Johnny Depp and the Ninth Gate, and that is not a great movie, but it has some cool occult it shit. Is not. And I'm no. so in it for does. the cool occult shit that I will watch that multiple times. Do you think the Hell Bible has like its own like part of it is like a burn book? <laughs> <laughs> JFK once got drunk and fingered Warren Beatty. You know what I mean? Like, does it have like I hope so. secrets? I hope so. In there, like celeb secrets. I love the idea that they have a hell book and it even has like additional chapters to uh, existing biblical books like Corinthians. I, I don't know. I'm a sucker for trash occult shit. I think it's cool. I, I, I dig the hell Bible. I love them, including that like, uh, oh, Corinthians goes to 21 in the hell Bible. Right. So like, I'm really curious. I'm does in. that mean there's overlap? Like, are there chapters that the hell Bible was like, no, nah, that was right. That was. Yeah. Right. All right. You can just copy that one. Yeah. No, oh. See other works. <laughs> so looping way back around to the aesthetics, there is a shot where Beeman pulls out a copy of the hell Bible that he has, and it is wrapped in like wax paper and he pulls it apart and it has molten tar. bubbling tar on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That rem- reminiscent of Peter Stormare. So that was a cool aesthetic tie-in. And what is tar? Ooh. And listen, Wet. while we're talking about aesthetic, you have Peter Stormare with his, you know, greasy feet and his greasy Bible. And then you have John who is obsessed with taking baths and being clean because he's just like always getting wet. Is that why he hates Satan so much or Lucifer? Excuse me. John spends a lot of this movie in water, whether it's, Do you know, I had to look up the name for an oblutophiliac. I, I'm, I had no idea what the fuck that was when you said it. That is someone who is like fetishizes like bathing and stuff like that. And I feel like John might have something going on. Also, also, can we talk about, this is a different weird horny than blade. Okay. This is like Mormon horny for blade. Mormon. Mormon. Um, like 1950s horny. We're like worse than K drama because no one kisses at all. Except the priest kisses the top of Rachel's head or like the side yeah. of her cheek. But that's it. Her and John almost kiss like three, four times. And like John is also like, hmm, I could maybe get you. I could send you to hell naked. Let me think about it. And like makes a weird horny comment to her about that. But like, that's it. They do a couple. If she if like, OK, did you fuck all your friends that died? No. There's actually She's not well, dying regardless. No. You guys might as well bone. You're both good looking. No, Casey, there's a reason for that. The director and Keanu Reeves really did not want there to be a romantic storyline to this movie. They they just thought it would pull things in the wrong direction. And I get that, but Keanu Reeves, have you looked in a fucking mirror? Right. And Rachel Weisz agreed with them that that would have pulled things in the wrong direction, but Rachel Weisz also really wanted to film a kiss scene with Keanu Reeves. So I think you're just picking up on. Yes, girl. I I pick it up. I receive yeah. this, and I send it back to you. And then you, I hope right. you get to kiss him one but day. She, I get it. I, she was I in another it. movie with him, and I think they might have. I don't know. But yeah, no she, uh, she's been interviewed, and she specifically said they specifically never even filmed one um, because they thought if it was out there, they're going to use so it, rude. and they're going to add it into the film, and they didn't want it. So they they wouldn't even film a kiss scene. But, yeah, she did want to film one. 
Also, why was he thinking about taking her clothes off then? John Constantine, keep it in your fucking pants. Uh, yeah. Screenwriters got a screenwrite. One of them was going to squeak <laughs> through. <sighs> Casey, as part of the plot, the blood of Christ is apparently still on the Spear of Destiny after 2,000 years or so. And <laughs> I immediately just looked over and watched your eye fucking twitch. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Wow. <laughs> If only police work were that easy. <laughs> I mean, Casey Anthony wouldn't be going around dating her ex-lawyer's brother oh. or whatever. Shit. Nobody's saying we're going to be able to close the case on the Jesus murder off of it. It's about so, the magic like, powers. One, <laughs> one molecule of blood is still on there. Like, we can activate the whole get portal to hell. No, like that really? thing's, that thing's going to work forever because it is the object that spilled the blood of Christ. It doesn't matter whether the blood's still physically yeah, but, on there. It's, it oh, uh, no, right, they alluded right. that the blood was still on there. It is they, permanently stained by the blood of Christ. Yeah, it's yeah. Because it uh, theoretically, there's a little bit of Israel somewhere that is also so stained, but just doesn't have the murderous intent. But maybe you could like pick up that clot of dirt and slap somebody real hard with it. Okay, one thing that if I could nerd rage out um, that I think I like personally better than the comics is the movie's depiction of Papa Midnight. I fucking love Jaiman Hansu, and I love the character that they make him be. I yes. The neutral, sits in the middle, Switzerland voodoo doctor does it for me. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I love Papa Midnight's depiction in this movie. Um, although another weird thing that like didn't trip for me uh when i watched this movie because things have changed since then papa midnight owns the electric chair from sing sing yeah that's what john constantine uses to uh that's what john constantine uses to get his visions except in 2005 when i first watched this i didn't know that no he doesn't because now i know that that's actually owned by Penn gillette and he has it in a sex dungeon in his house that i saw on an mtv cribs episode what yeah Ben Gillette owns an electric chair from Sing Sing <laughs> that is in his what like, sex What a strange room. man he is. God bless him. I have a question. Fuck, Mary kill. Papa Midnight, Gabriel, Lucifer. Uh, um, Mary Gabriel, fuck Papa Midnight, kill Peter Stormare. Dave? I'll see. I'm uh, same on kill kill Lucifer, kill Peter Stormare. I don't want to fuck or marry that character. Um, but I got to invert the other two. We're fucking Gabriel, and then we're marrying Papa Midnight because he's got all that cool yes. stuff. Yes, yes. And like a uh, Dave, club, Dave, you're correct. And, That's also how I'm right. aligned. I'm 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 in for long term Gabriel sex. That's where I'm in. So I'm not just fucking Gabriel. I'm marrying Gabriel. And I'm getting it long term. You're just like making macaroni in the kitchen. And all of a sudden she crashes through the ceiling and steps sure. on you, daddy. <laughs> I guess I'm barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Whatever. As long as it's still the sweat Gabriel, I don't find myself complaining much. I get that. But I'm <sighs> I mean, I do love a good fear boner, but I like the security of Papa Midnight of like he's got a club. Right. And True. like I know it's safe ground. I can get yeah. toys by either side when I'm there. He could put his fingers inside of you. I probably get free drinks. That's true. It's true. You meet Ooh, some neat. Nope. I'm going to get kicked out of my own home. <laughs> I am. I am. If the drinks are free, I know I'll fuck it up eventually. None of my friends are allowed there. That's actually what the Sing Sing chair is for. When Casey gets too drunk, they just strap her into that for the rest of the night. Last month. Constantine 2 was officially greenlit, as far as we know now. There's been rumors for a while. Peter Stormare is possibly attached. Keanu Reeves is coming back. Uh, Akiva Goldsman is writing for it. So uh, here's the question. What do you guys think it's going to be about? Man, okay. So this ties into something I was thinking about while I was watching this last night, in that Constantine the movie shares a spot in my heart with Dune the movie, where all I can think is, I am so glad this got to me before the material it is based on. Yes. Right? I am not familiar with any of the Hellblazer stuff. That's why I can unabashedly enjoy this movie. Yeah. And 
So that's another way that this is a bad movie because I've had a lot of people who Hellblazer is very important to them and they get oh, very yeah. mad about this movie. And I'm I, and it's one of those I'm like, I get it. I I one hundred percent understand, but I love him. I love him, Mama. Here's what I'm thinking. The the next movie, the sequel always has to up the stakes, right? Like how do you up the stakes from the son of Lucifer showing up to take over the world? Jesus shows up and tries to take over. <laughs> Wait, all right. Can we, huh? can we mix Jesus zombie hunter with uh, with Constantine? It's Henry Cavill as Jesus. With the mustache or without the mustache? Oh. Or okay. with the mustache CGI'd I... out. Only mustache, no beard, so he's giving a 70s porno vibe. I, I have an idea, but I don't know if it'll work. Okay. So in the comics, there was a demon Constantine storyline where... Uh, basically John just pulled all the bad parts of himself out and sent them to hell, but then they coalesced into a whole nother Constantine and they got in a fight oh, about it. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to see Keanu V Keanu. Ooh, it would be very CGI. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So it, we don't want it. Keanu. We don't want Keanu V Keanu. We want a worse version of Keanu V Keanu. So that could be a couple things. That could be the um, mayhem guy. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I would that totally buy him be... as Demon Constantine. Yeah, Demon John Keanu Cho. Constantine. Yeah. Yes, it could be John Cho. Okay. Um, because he was a worse Spike than than Keanu could have been, <laughs> yeah. but Keanu was too old. Yeah. No. And that's not a dig at John Cho. It's not good, but it's funny. How about Colin Farrell? <laughs> Only if he's bullseye. <laughs> that's the rule. That's the rule. I want him just to touch the little scar on his forehead. We have waxed on about Constantine for long enough. Case, I'm going to start with you. 2005's Constantine, would you watch it again? Well, it gave me a lot of reasons to wax off in 2005 between Keanu Reeves and his little forearm tattoos, so hot, and the roll-up sleeves, so hot, Gavin Rossdale, so <laughs> hot right now, Tilda Swinton, the you made me question a lot right? of things, and I have the answers, and I love them. Um, I forever love this film. I was so excited when I saw it got added to Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> duh. Of course I'm going to watch this movie. It is what? not an award-winning movie. What? The acting is spotty at best. There are some great moments, and then there's a lot of... I kept saying, was that the best yeah. beat of yeah. that? <laughs> From Keanu Reeves especially. Like He was kind of hot and cold in this one. But yeah, it. I love every part of this movie. It took me... I remember when I first saw it, it took me a moment to realize that when... Father Hennessy was going into the liquor store and dumping the the booze down his throat that he was getting wet, but there was nothing going in his mouth. And it I was really shocked when I like, oh, he was drinking the whole time. I just thought it was like, oh, he doesn't get to drink like that's his punishment. And then he died of alcohol poisoning in like three seconds. That was such a great scene and sad and icky because it also uses like a corkscrew to draw on oh, his God, hand yeah. like. There's a lot of self-mutilation ickiness in this, but I'll forgive it because, yes, I would watch this movie again. I have Ow! no regrets. This is a good fucking movie. It's up there with Dead or Alive for me. Dave, how about for you? 2005, John Constantine, not Constantine, Constantine, would you watch it again? I already know, but tell me in Man, your big boy voice. I should hate this. This is an adaptation of one of my favorite comic books of all time that does mm -hmm. horrible things to its source material. Yep. Violence. Mm -hmm. does they violence. They, they slaughter one of my favorite characters ever printed in a comic book and make it into something completely different. But as I said, this got to me first. <laughs> And you know what? If I can still enjoy the Constantine that's in, like, the DC animated bullshit, I can definitely enjoy Keanu Reeves' version of it. Um, so I'm really glad that Shia LaBeouf's character's dead and can't come back in the second one. Yeah. But I will absolutely endure sitting through his performance again for the rest of what's in this. What? I, I, it, it's a... 
I don't even think this qualifies as shitty cinema. It's got a few moments in it, but it's overall just a really well-made, well-paced movie, and I absolutely love it. So, yeah, I'm watching it again. Jay, how about you? I know it's been a while, uh, but from 2005, Constantine, would you watch it again? So, my trick is to pretend that Constantine and Constantine are just two completely unrelated characters that just so happen Mm -hmm. to share some remarkably similar properties but are otherwise completely distinct and that way i can enjoy both of them because i'm sometimes a hateful comics nerd and i can i can avoid that it's true though it did get to me first i absolutely love this one of the things we didn't talk about john has in this version john has tattoos on his forearms of alchemical symbols and when gabriel's invisible the way that he makes gabriel show himself is by forcing them together and it's effortful and and Keanu Reeves does this Mm -hmm. mostly through the movie is cool as fuck I mean he gets that zen chill and I think he nails it and I think he's cool and in this moment he struggles and he sells it and it makes me want to get the tattoos on my forearms like everything about it is just cool it's fucking cool and he kind of had an evil vibe when he was like chanting and like because everything else you see him do he's like he's doing it for the good even it's kind of question you're like oh why how can he summon an angel that's kind of naughty so i i love it i was so excited to watch this i had a fucking ball i yelled at it i picked on it and yeah i'm gonna fucking watch constantine again well that's it the verdict is in unsurprisingly three out of three of us are gonna watch constantine again but I guess I would love to hear from you guys. Do you guys think it's shitty cinema? Because that's maybe a hot take. It didn't get the greatest of reviews. So I qualify it as shitty cinema, but I love it. Like, Dave. Next week, we're going to transition to something totally different. For November, we're doing Femme Fatale Month. It's going to be all about those murderous, assassinous women. And I'm going to kick it off. La, 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 ladies. With. It's ladies night. With not only a femme fatale, but one adapted from a video game. That's right. It's Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. Triangle Titties <laughs> McGee. I have never seen this movie. I'm so excited oh, man. to finally oh, watch it. It's It has been a while, so I don't we'll see how the memories hold. <laughs> you say memories or memories? Don't answer. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook at sh.ttycinema. Throw us a bone on the Patreon slash shittycinema or peepshittycinema.com. Check the show notes if you didn't catch all that. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights, shake a box full of beetles, because we heard a noise and we're home alone. Bugs would only make it worse, beeman. Ashley, Ashley, I want to thank you for the cashly. I said, Ashley, Ashley, you make me want to put it on the Ashley. We love your money, but we love you more. We're going to go ahead and open the door and say, come to my house, Ashley. Not because you gave me money, Ashley, but it doesn't fucking hurt, Bonnie, Ashley.